Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Frazzled. Today, I want to share with you, this is the one where I quit drinking. The one where I quit drinking alcohol. Of course, I still uh, still stay fully hydrated, but I thought this was an interesting one to share. I had a conversation with somebody at the end of last week, and this isn't a ploy to get any of you to quit. If you enjoy a gin or a wine or a vodka or a beer or whatever it is that your favourite tipple is, this is not a ploy to try to get you to change anything. Just want to, I suppose, kind of share my observations and 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 uh, a conversation that I overheard on a train, uh, I think last October. I don't know why that, why that month has stuck with me, but a conversation that I had on the way uh, whilst I was on the train down to London last October. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about, or I'll share with you, why I quit drinking. I am your host, Kelly Swingler. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Um, and yeah, this is Frazzled. Uh, again, uncut, unedited, whatever you hear, uh, whatever I say is just the way it is. We go completely unedited, um, I suppose, to reflect conversations that we would have in everyday life. As always, that may mean there is some background noise. I've got windows open today. I've got blinds flapping. Uh, the dog's not settling today. There's all sorts going on. But we're going to try and get through this as best we possibly can. Thank you very much for joining me again. And again, just huge thanks. Um, loving getting the messages from all of you. Uh, about these episodes it it really really does uh, does just keep me going I suppose a little bit of advanced warning I was going to uh, I suppose push through and record some episodes I may still get a couple in the bank um, but I suppose pre-warning I am taking uh, August off so unless I uh, really can focus next week and get some more episodes you may be limited in terms of listening throughout August. So just to pre-warn there that you may have less of me or none of me at all throughout August. We'll, we'll see how we go. If I can get ahead and record a few extra episodes for you, then I absolutely will. Let's get into today's episode, quitting drinking. So I think my uh, 2015, I was going through my second period of burnout. And I had at the same time been put on a medication that was kind of sending my mental health spiralling, which which wasn't great. But whilst I was on this medication, I was unable to drive for a year and I was unable to drink for a year. But I suppose as like many of us, right, whether you've done a dry January or what is it, sober October or, or whatever else you may have done before, I literally found myself for those 12 months counting down to the day that I could drink again. I wasn't really paying much attention to whether I felt any different or what was, you know, did I feel any different whilst I was out? Um, had I noticed any changes to my health or my sleep or my weight? Uh, get, I've known loads of people, I've spoken to loads of people over the years, like, you know, I quit drinking, and I lost all this weight and I've noticed all of these amazing benefits. And I didn't pay attention to any of any changes at all. I couldn't tell you if I lost weight. I couldn't tell you if anything was any different. I couldn't tell you if my sleep was any different. I couldn't tell you if lots and lots of things were happening. Now, some of that may have been because this was happening at the same time as this medication that was messing messing more with my head 
uh, than it had been before. But because I was focused on this countdown, you know, I've got, oh, I, I, you know, I can have a drink again in 11 months. I can have a drink again in 10 months. That had become my focus, this kind of countdown to when I could then have a drink again. And I think lots of us, whether it's, I don't know, drinking, smoking, spending, shopping, holidays, eating the thing that that we want to eat. I think many of us, if we have a period where we say we're going to stop something, that becomes our focus, right? I speak to so many people, say during Lent, for example, who are like, oh my God, I can have chocolate again in like three weeks, or I can have wine again in two weeks, you know, and it becomes this kind of state of desperation. And so during those periods of of the lack of the thing that we're not doing, that becomes our focus. We focus on the lack of something. We focus on the fact that we do not have that thing in our lives at that particular moment. But that's all our attention goes on. Perhaps if I had paid attention to some of the positives, if there were positives that were happening during that year that I was told not to drink, and I didn't drink, didn't want to, you know, kind of risk any any side effects on this medication. But potentially, there could have been some big changes for me at that point. I could have begun to pay more attention to the positives instead of the negatives. I could have learned to see changes. Maybe I could have paid a different, uh, paid attention to changes in my sleep, changes in my appetite, changes in my thinking. But I chose not to pay attention to any of that. I chose to focus all of my time on attention on the day, the exact day that I could start drinking again. And I wonder how many of you maybe focus on the same thing when there is a lack of something or you choose to change things in your life. For example, I know I have friends that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm dieting now for the summer, right? I'm on a diet now until the summer. But then they count down again. They're counting down like, in, you know, on, on this date, I can have chocolate again. On this date, I can eat cake. On this date, I can eat a pastry, And the time and energy that's consumed on this countdown of the stuff that's missing, instead of paying attention to, again, maybe changes in energy, changes in sleep, changes in anything, they seem to get ignored. So I had this year of no drinking. And other than, I suppose, the mental change of this countdown, countdown to, you know, countdown to an alcoholic drink. I can't say that I really missed it, but I was telling myself that I was missing it. I became almost obsessed by the fact that on this particular date that I could have a drink. And the year finished and I had a drink and I was like, I just like, I don't like this. I, it doesn't feel like it did before. But I stuck with it because I was a drinker, right? And I'm not gonna say, I was never an excessive drinker, 
But I suppose, again, like food, drink, because, you know, drink was a social thing. I would meet friends for a couple of glasses of wine on a weekend. I would meet friends for a quick drink after work. I would, my partner and I would, you know, walk the dog around the lake of an evening and we'd stop in the pub and have a pint on the way home. If there were parties, the parties involved alcohol, the parties involved drink, lunchtime drinks involved drink, champagne dinners involved drink, going to hairdressers for special occasions and being offered a glass of champagne. Even over the last few months, I was, I was flying out to Greece, as I mentioned in, in one of the previous episodes, to deliver a talk. And I'd stopped to treat myself to a lovely new handbag in the Mulberry store at the airport and was offered a glass of champagne with my purchase. And I wasn't offered a soft drink, I was offered a glass of champagne. We very often assume, you know, that kind of lavishness or luxury involves some kind of alcohol, some kind of drink. So we, again, embed it into different parts of our lives. So I had stopped drinking, I'd started again when the countdown came. And then my partner and I had been away on holiday with some friends. We'd been to Greece for about 10 days, I think we'd gone for. And this is in 2017. We came back from the holiday and there was just something in me. We'd had a lot, like a lot of meat and a lot of fish that week. And I came back and had said, I just like I just feel like I need a bit of a bit of a meat detox. Like I'm not going to have any meat for a month. And I didn't go back to meat for a very, very, very long time. And by choice, I would basically be having a plant day, plant based vegan diet. But I have lots of again, lots of issues caused by my. Fabulous, not first burnout, but well, first and second burnout. So my iron levels can drop significantly. And whilst I I manage them as much as I can, I do have periods where the only way really to start to top them up again is by changes in my diet. But given a choice, I would literally be as plant-based and natural as possible. So we come back from that holiday, and I don't even know what made me think. I was just like, I'm not going to have any meat for a while. And I said, and you know, I'm just, I'm not going to drink. Something in me had had clicked, whereby I had recognised that on the days I was drinking, whether it was just a glass of wine with a dinner, or a pint of an evening with my partner whilst we were walking the dog, whatever it was, this, I'd noticed something, this this switch had clicked whereby I noticed that on the nights that I was drinking, I wasn't sleeping enough. And it didn't seem to matter whether I had one drink or five drinks or whether I had one bottle or two bottles. The anxiety that I was feeling the following morning was like all consuming. Had I said the wrong thing? Had I done the wrong thing? What happened? I was consumed by this anxiety of a morning followed by one drink or a variety of drinks. And I just thought that was down to the fact that I'd noticed that I wasn't sleeping on the nights that I was drinking. And I know that if I don't sleep, that can impact my mental health, which can then leave me feeling more stressed, more frazzled. That can take me very quickly on the route to burning out again. So I made that connection, just thought, I'm, you know, I'm just going to, again, I'm just going to have a month, no meat, no drink, 
a kind of post-holiday detox, if you like. That's all I'd kind of thought it was. But I wasn't, at this point, counting down the days. I had no idea at what, how long I hadn't eaten meat or drank alcohol for. It wasn't even part of, part of my thought process. And as a result, it was months later. I was like, oh, I'm like, I, I haven't eaten meat for X amount of time. I haven't had an alcoholic drink for X amount of time. And I started, I had begun to notice some of the differences. So I'd begun to notice the change in my sleep. I'd begun to notice that this constant feeling of anxiety was just kind of beginning to subside. I didn't have these worrying thoughts of had I done the wrong thing, had I said the wrong thing. And since then, I've drank on three occasions three occasions since then. Two were concerts. Again, I'd gone into, into London with friends to go to a concert and I did what we had always done, which was we'd kind of sit in a pub all day, then we'd go into the concert night. Both of those, I was like really, really ill as a result of. And the third was at an awards evening. And at that awards evening, somewhere in my head, and again, this was as a result of where my mental health had been declining over a period of weeks. I'd gone to this awards evening and because I didn't want to be the, like, the absolute standout at the table, like I didn't want to be like the gluten-free, non-alcohol drinking vegan. I could kind of see the eyes rolling. And I was also going with a friend of mine. So I said to a friend, you know, we could just have a couple of glasses of wine. We dinner would be absolutely fine. So that's what we did. And the following morning, I was like, oh, I feel, I feel amazing. I feel absolutely amazing. I think what I actually felt was still drunk from the night before, because as soon as the alcohol started to wear off and I got home, I felt pretty crap for about three days. So recognising, I don't want to feel like that anymore. That was the last, like, so there are now no more I'm just going to drink for one night because it's a party night. I'm not, I'm not going to drink anymore because it's a special occasion. But what changed for me was I began to focus on, I want to feel healthy all of the time. Not like I don't want to feel crap or not, oh, I can't like, I can't really handle a hangover. But I shifted my thinking, not from what I was lacking, but from what I began to gain. And that came into effect in a lot of other areas in my life as well. I will still say, my partner will absolutely attest to this, I am still quite a bit of a shopaholic. I can literally spend and spend and spend. But again, even over the last six months, I've been much more conscious about what I'm spending and why rather than just spending because actually I'm a bit bored or it's a bit late night or actually I'm feeling a bit crappy today and I'm going to buy the thing to make me feel better. Started to change a lot of those things. What am I buying? Why am I buying it? What's the significance of it? Do I really need it? Am I doing it because it's a bit of a treat? Like, what's the purpose? Being more conscious about my decisions. Not from what I used to do from a shopping spree, which was like that immediate, you know, kind of 
I suppose that is that boost, isn't it? That happy boost of, oh my God, I've just bought this thing for myself. And then when it arrives, it's like, oh, right, do I really just spend all my money on that? So becoming much more conscious. And it started from being conscious around how was I feeling when I was having an alcoholic drink and what could I change? So again, I stopped focusing on the lack of something and started to look at what was changing. And what was changing was I was sleeping better. I had more energy. I had lost the anxiety. So I was therefore feeling more confident. In feeling more confident, I was able to take different steps in my business. I was able to put myself out there a bit more. I was able to be more present. It wasn't taking me three days to get over a hangover. So I was gaining all of this time at weekends to spend with family or friends, to go to more yoga classes, to go on some lovely walks, to go out for some lovely lunches. Saying no to a drink, again, gave me more of a confidence boost. And I, and I just stopped explaining. I think people are, you know, oh, have you just decided to go sober? Like, when I first stopped drinking, I think the assumption was clearly, you know, you must be an alcoholic or, you know, are you doing it for health reasons? Being confident in myself that this was a choice allowed me to be more confident in other areas of my life. And so the reason I want to share this with you today is because if there is something that is leaving you feeling frazzled all of the time, what needs to change? Instead of focusing on the lack of something, focus instead maybe on what it is that you're gaining Now, I said at the beginning of this, there was a conversation that I overheard on a train last October. And I was on my way into London for an event. And I knew I wasn't drinking at this event. But I got into, um, got got onto the train. I was in the first class carriage. Um, Again, something else that I now always give myself so that I always get a nice little seat. And I always arrive where I'm going on time. Plus, it doesn't cost that much more. So... It feels like a a little treat that doesn't really cost a huge amount of money. But I got on the train and there were four women that were kind of sat in the same carriage as me, uh, but to the other end. They'd come from Newcastle. They were on their way into London for their annual kind of girls get together. They were going to be going out for dinner. They were going to be going to the Crystal Maze. Uh, Two of them were going to get tattoos. Two of them were going to get piercings. Um, one of them was, you know, kind of celebrating the early fact that, you know, this was going to be her, her first tattoo uh, to celebrate her 50th birthday. As uh, so these four women on the, on the way down to London. And I mean, it's literally, it was like, you know, give us more wine, more wine, more wine. And of course, if, you know, if you're, if you're sat in first class, it's unlimited drinks. So yeah, we'll have another wine. We'll have another wine. We'll have another wine. If they made it to any of the things that they had planned, including the tattoos, the piercings, the dinner and the crystal maze experience, I would be shocked <laughs> because at kind of 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, they were staggering off the train at that point. But the interesting part of that conversation was as we had kind of got from Steve, so I live um, in Peterborough, as we were passing Stevenage on the train, so that's 
maybe 20 minutes away from London on the train line that we go to, the conversation changed. And the conversation had changed from this high energy, high laughing, can't wait to get my tattoo, can't wait to get my piercing, Christian Maze is going to be hilarious, what about dinner, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. At the point that we kind of got to Stevenage, the mood changed. Because these women had started to talk about hangovers. And all of them shared that they now experience three or four day hangovers. But the crippling part for them is the fact that they wake up the morning after with this ridiculous level of anxiety. This feeling of what have I done wrong? What have I said? What could I not do? And it was that part of the conversation that really, really piqued my interest. And again, you know, not earwigging, but there was only kind of them and me in the carriage. It was a little bit loud. So part of me at that point was, okay, it wasn't just me that was experienced. I'd never heard anybody else say at that point, it was this overwhelming anxiety on the nights that they were drinking. But actually what they had done, as I'm sure I did many times before I made the changes was they had begun, they just laughed it off. Oh yeah, I get that too. Do you know what the answer is? Just drink more. If you feel anxious the morning after, just have another drink. And the reason that conversation has stuck with me, because again, I'm sure I did very much the same thing. The things that would stress me out, the things that would worry me, the things that didn't feel right, I would find another way of numbing. There'd be a different way of numbing what I was feeling. And we touched on this a few weeks back. But if they had actually paid, if they'd thought to themselves, like, how can we go and have this annual event where we all just go and have lots and lots of fun together, make it absolutely incredible, but actually let's not feel that we have to get completely wasted in order to be able to enjoy ourselves. Maybe it could have been a very different experience. And not because, again, because... I want everybody to stop drinking. But because if they have recognised these high levels of anxiety and the fact that they feel crap for three days every single time they have a drink, why would you continue to do that for yourself? If you feel fabulous afterwards, oh, I can't wait to do that again. Fine. But why would you continue to put yourself through those levels of anxiety knowing that that's the thing that's causing you a lot of other issues during the week. So I made a choice based on what I was gaining. When I focused on what I was lacking, the lack became the focus. and I was probably missing a lot of other stuff. And very often when we start to think about making changes in our lives, whether it's for our health, our work, our career, our family, our relationships, our finances, whatever it is that we want to change, how often do we focus on the lack? And it's the lack that keeps us stuck. What could be different if we focused on what we could gain? And how could that make the change long-lasting and sustainable for us in our lives. So if you have a change that you want to make or you feel you need to make, don't focus on the lack. Don't focus on what will be missing. Focus on what you will gain. I'm going to leave you there for today. Have an amazing week and I'll speak to you again next week. Take care for now. Bye-bye.